This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get $10 off your first brush head refill. Refills start at only $5, so that is a free brush head refill for you at tryquip.com slash thumbs. Y'all feeling hoisted? Y'all ready for some bad gifts? Uh, yes. All right. That was my face when I receive a bad <laughs> gift. <laughs> oh, that was YFW, you receive a bad gift? Yes. It's December 28th, 2017, and this is Important If True. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. I really like that This Is Important If True read there. Yeah, it was good. good you you, oh, you did? did? Yeah, oh, I thought, was, I, was, I thought it was bad, actually. Oh, I thought that was a, that was a very like pro, uh, I would say, radio-ish read. Oh. It was a very well, matter was my gift, fact. my gift to you, Chris. Oh, it, was it was a good gift. gift. It was that a good was one. A good gift. Unlike much of what is about to be discussed, that was a good gift. Mm. On this episode of Important If True, on this very special themed episode, we are going to share with you bad or notable gifts received by listeners to this podcast. Yeah, it seemed appropriate to do this episode now when we sort of have left the gift-giving season of yeah. Christmas and whatever. And Hanukkah and whatever else. Hopefully yep. you've received the gifts you've, you're have you going to receive and they were hopefully good. And if they weren't, um, you can feel a sense of solidarity <laughs> with, the, uh, with the readers who have shared their stories with us this week. And also you can send them to questions at importantoftrue.com so that we can do one of these next year. Yep. Subject line, yeah. bad gift to make it easier for us to sort those. I received a uh, what I would call a pretty bad gift last night, an unintentional bad gift. Okay. Um, I mentioned on the recent Idle Thumbs Ruination cast, our question-answering um, Patreon special podcast that we do, uh, I mentioned that my wife and I have a sort of tradition we've, we just have started doing ourselves for the last three years. Um, this is the third year running where we attend the San Francisco ballet production of the Nutcracker, which is, I mean, the Nutcracker obviously is a classic holiday tradition and it's just wonderful, just beautiful music by Tchaikovsky and the San Francisco ballet has a really cool production that they do that Jake, it is not, I looked this up, it is not the San Francisco ballet Nutcracker production of your youth. Okay. It is a, a production they've been doing since 2004. Okay. Set in I think 1915 San Francisco is the idea of it. Mm. As opposed to the just 70s-ass one that I saw as a kid yeah. that ran <laughs> through the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is a – this is this one's – it's it's really cool. It's really plays up all the kind of toy box weird architecture that San Francisco has. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very appropriate nice. to a Christmassy season. It's a nice production, and, and we like seeing it every <clears> year. Uh, however, last night – uh, our, our outing to the Nutcracker last night, um, we could tell immediately upon arriving that something was was wrong um, because we sat down and we were one. I will say this is going to sound shitty, but there were f- children all around us, which in theory is like, that's great. Like, it's cool to take your young kids to a, a live performance of something and like expose them to the arts. That's totally great. But. Uh, all of them were, like, placating, clearly were placating their children with, like, 
all kinds of like candy and junk food and brownies and stuff all wrapped up in crinkly <laughs> wrappers. It was like right from the moment we sat down, we could tell like this is going to be this is really going to going to be an interesting experience, um, which like I know this sounds like such a shitty thing to complain about because I don't have kids. I don't have to worry about this. Um, that in itself was like just sort of a prelude. Um, and then there were the two seats to, to our right were not taken. They were they were empty. So we thought, oh, that's that's nice. At least we have some extra room and, and so on. So we start. It starts going. You would have there would be no indication from the fact that an actual live performance is happening. Like I, there would be no indication that that was the case by listening to how the behavior of everyone around us changed once it started, which was not at all kids, their parents, other adults were just talking and having conversations, unwrapping what seemed to be infinite candy bars and all kinds of shit that was incredibly loud, which when you're at a performance like this, everything else is really quiet except for what's going on on stage. So it's really noticeable. And in particular, there was a little girl behind us who clearly was sick, coughing nonstop in that way. That's like super adorable little kid coughing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's so cute. The way that they their lungs are so tiny. Um, and like, you know, so that was sort of like, uh, that, that's not her fault, right? Like she can't do anything about that. It's just, she's having her little coughs and sneezes and, and oh, poor her. Um, but the whole time she was eating Cheetos, uh, and like all kinds Classic, of Classic, uh, cold remedy. Yeah. Well, so that <laughs> exactly. Right. That's, that was the other, that was like part of the omen here. She was eating oh, no. like all kinds of candy and food nonstop. I'm really afraid yeah. of where this is going. Yeah. So, so we get through, we get through the first <laughs> half of the performance. We get to the intermission. The most ridiculous part is all these people stopped eating as soon as the intermission started. I was like totally baffled. I'm like, this is exactly the moment where you can eat all this stuff and it's fine. And you're not going to be bothering anyone. Like, it's not going to sound like anything. It's no big deal couple to the right of us actually arrives it's a it's a couple who they get in and they sit down and they're like whoops we were like too late we couldn't get in anyway we're here now and we're like oh, okay you know cool welcome um so we sort of say hi to each other and then that's it welcome to this audio hell welcome to this yeah it was really like <laughs> sonic hell it was it was actually really unpleasant like i hate to sound like such a such an obnoxious asshole but like it really was well beyond the bounds of anything i think anyone would consider a enjoyable way to experience a live performance of anything. Um, so we get through the second half of the Nutcracker is my favorite part. There's like such great music in it. And we get to the climax of the, of, of the whole thing. And Clara, the little girl is like transformed into the sort of fantasy adult self and, and all this stuff. And the music is like crushingly beautiful. And then you, I, behind me, I hear this little girl who has spent the entire like last hour and a half just <laughs> nonstop consuming candy and junk food and coughing and sneezing. And I just hear her go, oh, no. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and before I can do anything, oh, it is no. just. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is just like a full 10 seconds of oh. just spewing directly onto the back of me. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick is losing it over here. So, onto you. 
I, I, I like projectile vomiting onto you. She was literally sitting directly oh God. behind me. I, I mean. thought this was gonna be like <laughs> barf onto the floor behind you, and then yeah. you sort of see it creeping up. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> I heard it start. I heard the like. I'd be like, oh, someone behind me is gonna barf. No, it was clear someone was so barfing. Someone, yeah, because the smell was intense and <laughs> instantaneous. I mean, I, oh, like, God. oh yeah, God. and I'm like, oh no, and I fucking matrixed into a fucking you know like dodging move, and I scooted as forward <laughs> under the edge of my seat as I could. It was too late. I didn't even realize it was too late. I didn't. I thought I was in the clear. I was not. Yeah, no, uh, definitely was not in the clear. You were and, dead before you hit the floor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was one of those things where there were like aftershocks. <laughs> Oh, my God. It was awful. I couldn't believe it. It was such a stupid culmination of foreshadowing because everything she'd been eating for the last two hours just all came out. And it smelled vile. It smelled absolutely vile. Sarah, even at the... At the intermission, was like, can we just go home? Like, can we just leave? And like, you're like, no, I love the I, second half I of was, this production. I specifically <laughs> said that. It's I was the part like, where I get no, barfed no, on. That's the best music in the second half. Like, I, I like the part that I love. Like, I don't want to leave. Uh, and she's like, all right, Hoisted. I guess. Oh. Yeah. And after this happened, she's like, I was oh. pretty sure that was gonna happen. <laughs> I'm such a fucking like oblivious idiot. I had no idea. It's such oh, a like common man. dynamic. She always sees the twist coming in a movie, and I like somehow managed to just always keep myself in some naive state where I never yeah. see the thing coming. Definitely mm-hmm. didn't see this coming. Fucking shame on me. And then, the so after this happens, uh, after the end of the performance, someone dropped their phone, which I think I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the little girl is like, at least my throw up didn't get on it, which small comfort to me, a man yeah. would throw up all over me. <laughs> uh, and then... The, well, you can be washed and recover. A phone could be broken forever. It's... Uh, you could be broken forever (laughs) I was Um, Sarah went to the you know like um, asked the the mom of this of these kids if she needed any help or anything and um, after after the performance was over um, uh, and uh, and she reported back to me that the other daughter was like no surprise she's been eating crap all night (laughs) 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 at least that kid is good yeah that kid knew definitely knew what was up um so anyway that was my bad gift to myself been barfed on before was deciding to (laughs) to really stick it out through the second half of the nutcracker did you go to anyone who ran the theater and say just so you know i was surrounded by nothing but cellophane and then i was literally vomited on during this production of the nutcracker i went straight to the men's room honestly i mean like i I was so, also, I felt so embarrassed, like, getting up and leaving for my seat, because I knew that, I mean, when you leave a performance, there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of people all crowding around you, right. and I'm like, well, anyone behind me just sees a whole trail of barf on my back. Like, well, that's too bad, I guess. <laughs> well, they'll know it's what not yours. What possible explanation could there be for this? There's only one. The person oh. behind you barfed on I you. I guess that's true. I guess. It's not that you, if you were, like, maybe if you had your, your coat in your lap and then barfed on it and then put it on and didn't know, <laughs> it just looks like someone behind yeah. you barfed on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, I guess I guess that's true. God, what I, it didn't really make me feel any less less embarrassed. No, it's the it's I really disgusting. I really want uh uh you know the 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 music from from the uh the musical to be running underneath that story when this uh, is released. <laughs> you know, like Sugar Plum Fairies, yeah. like yeah, as yeah, the yeah, as yeah. the story builds God, and then like what? climactic. Oh like, man, yeah, that scene in slow motion <laughs> while that is playing yeah. over well, the top. Well, they just barf I'm... slowly, like food <laughs> yeah, commercial yeah. tumbling and out I'm, of that and mouth and then splattering onto you, like. 
the way that like a hamburger gets assembled in slow motion in a TV commercial, <laughs> right. but it's barf, yeah. and then you yeah. contorting as yeah, just into like, like Cheetos, like yeah, moist Cheetos, are just I'm gl- like grazing off you and spinning. A Renaissance man getting punched in a painting where I'm like dramatically contorting myself into. Yeah, yeah, it was a disaster. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, well, well, we should, Nick, that's a good idea. We should hook that up. <laughs> yeah. So that was so that was our number. Our wow. first, our first off bad gift that was in fact a great yeah. story. It was a very good start yeah, to this podcast. As, as always, hoisted for the enjoyment of all. Yeah. In the true spirit of hoistmas. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, uh, let's actually start. <laughs> let's start reading here. God, strong opening. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry you got barfed on. That was the other. That was the stupid, stupid silver lining that comes with doing a podcast every week. Is as this was happening, you're like, like, I'm so owned. I'm so owned. This podcast podcast is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look at me. Spew that content all over me. (laughs) Just oh, oh, keep it coming. I need it. (laughs) I need to regurgitate my life for the enjoyment of people on the internet. All right. Well, we have a less disgusting story here from Matt who writes between the ages of 14 and 18 I received countless meerkat themed presents it all started when a friend and I went to the local zoo and found ourselves drawn to a particularly friendly meerkat being dumb teenagers we named it took a few pictures and would mention it fondly in conversation when my family picked up on this they began buying me meerkat themed presents at every opportunity over the years I received a meerkat documentary series meerkat mugs meerkat posters meerkat keyrings, meerkat t-shirts and meerkat socks I was given cuddly meerkats ceramic meerkats plastic meerkats and wind up meerkats my, be- my bedroom became a meerkat minefield I didn't mind at first they were giving, given jokingly and I accepted them as such but the joke soon wore thin I had more meerkat memorabilia than I knew what to do with. I didn't want to seem ungrateful or to upset my family, but I had to say something, and I stopped receiving meerkat-related gift afterwards. My love of meerkats, however, was permanently damaged. Keep up the good work. Matt, Plymouth, UK. As a side note, we named the meerkat Paul, which we thought was hilarious at the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. That is very good. Yeah, Uh, that's great. Matt, I hope that you one day can uh, learn to love the meerkat again. Rekindle Mm -hmm. the flame of your meerkat love. But like privately. Yeah. Right. With your meerkat yeah, without, shrine yeah, that you make out of all these old gifts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's very much in the that is very much in the spirit of the uh the gifts that inspired this episode, which would be uh <clears throat> Nels's Hawaiian shirts, uh D- Dana Dana's owls Dana's owl collection. Dana's yeah. Owls, yeah. Um we have a we have here Matt's a, meerkats. Matt's meerkats, exactly right. <laughs> we have here a sort of alternative um uh, type of gift, I suppose, that in, that inspires gift nervousness from David, who says, Hello there. I 100% understand Chris's feelings on getting gifts for people. In recent years, I've become somewhat of a Grinch and have grown weary of many of my family's Christmas traditions, which include getting gifts. Uh, we also write rhyming clues pertaining to the contents of the gifts, but this is still fun. Anyway, I always wait to the last second to buy gifts because I can't think of what to get. My brother, however, is a gift-giving god and will frequently create thoughtful and beautiful gifts using his own mind and hands. For example... What? Yeah, for example... Well, like, a, like an X-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Sure. Using his own mind? <laughs> I mean... I have deduced that this is what you want. You're like, that's like... 
I have summoned this gift. Ten pounds of food. Uh, for example, one year he made me a miniature smartphone home movie theater, which consisted of a cardboard box covered in black cloth with a head-sized hole in the bottom and a slot for my phone on one side. Once my head was inside said box, it was greeted by a number of tiny seat rows, lights, and movie posters on the walls, with a small red curtain in the front. Pulling on a string outside of the theater would slide the curtains apart to reveal the screen of my phone playing whatever video I put on there. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, that's really good. It was super cool, but I think if I were to watch a whole movie in there, I might die from carbon dioxide poisoning. Needless <laughs> to say, this level of gift has put me off the whole thing of presents even more. I couldn't possibly compete with such wizardry. Happy dishonored Thanksgiving, David mm. from Sweden. I want to give one of those to David Lynch. Ah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you have, like, to like, where why, you're you have to explain where, the context of right, why. There's you, a, we, I, we've talked about this a million times. I mean, on this ex- I don't know if we podcast, have on this podcast or not. There's a video of David Lynch uh, that I think was from like, a documentary or some little featurette. It was from the special features of the Inland, Inland Empire DVD. Yeah, it's David Lynch talking about his thoughts on smartphones and about people who watch movies on their smartphones. And he just goes David Lynch crazy mm-hmm. about like... Watching a movie on your fucking telephone? You may may think you've seen the film on your phone, but you've been cheated. It's such a sadness that you think you've seen a movie on your fucking telephone. Get real. Uh, yeah, Chris loves it. Chris I loves love it. it. That's so your much. favorite David Lynch monologue. It really uh, monologue. is my favorite thing. But I feel like if you said, David Lynch, wear your best glasses for short-range vision, yeah. I'm going to put this box on your head. Yeah. He would say, what the fuck is this, and smash it onto the ground. But for a brief moment. <laughs> enjoy, I think David Lynch might actually He might enjoy that. that it's, or he'd be like, it's it, like I'm there. It's like I'm there. It's like I'm experiencing the film in the theater of my own mind, is what he might say. Yeah. I think he would appreciate the craftsmanship. <laughs> yeah, I think he would too. Yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is an interesting one. So Alex Klein writes, hello, Nick and friends. The mention of my childhood obsessions on the podcast, or sorry, the mention like, of, oh, sorry. Hello, Chris and friends. <laughs> the mention of childhood <laughs> obsessions on the podcast resurfaced a twice-repressed memory of mine in which I convinced my fourth-grade teacher to allow an impromptu presentation of my space theories. I'm unsure if I became obsessed with space because it was intrinsically, intrinsically interesting to me or if, like others who wrote in, I was cursed to receive the same type of gift for a number of years, thus forcing me into a compounding spiral of obsession. Uh, I always received bundles of aging astronomy books from the 70s and 80s, dense tomes containing long strings of incomprehensible equations after asking once for a telescope for my 6th or 7th birthday. The curse was so powerful that my third grade teacher pulled me aside after class to hand me a spiral-bound NASA manual for the space shuttle with no context as to how she obtained it. My space fever reached a fever pitch in fourth grade when after many nights of half-reading my assortment of text, I came to an epiphany which I found too important to be lost to the sieve of sleep. I fired up the family computer and proceeded to write what was surely a scientific breakthrough. The next morning, I rushed to print my findings and marched to school, knowing I had possibly solved the great mysteries of the universe. I had no choice but present my thesis for peer review, so I convinced my teacher to suspend her lesson plan for 20 minutes before lunch to allow the real education to begin. After a short introduction from my teacher, I took to the chalkboard. I exhausted several oh sticks God. of colored chalk of drawings on of drawings of aliens as I excitedly read what I had finished <laughs> writing only hours before. The result of this frenzied lecture was met with a round of polite clapping only after prompting from the teacher. Disappointed, <laughs> I slunk back to my desk, leaving the drawings on the chalkboard. For the next oh. few years, I would be known only as the kid with the theories. Much like Nick's mom, my mom saved everything. And of course, 20 years later, I received a picture of this very paper. Attached is the image for your reference. The theories live on. Alex. P.S. My favorite page in the NASA manual lists all the free, dried and preserved meals the astronauts bring with them. My only wish as a kid was to eat all of them. After being in the military, I can confidently say that MRA, MRE 
Blueberry Cobbler and its associates taste horrible. God, I have a memory of that too. I really wanted to eat all the eat astronaut food, freeze dried yeah. astronaut oh, like, food. I thought it must have been uh, so delicious. Yeah. Clearly not. Obviously isn't. I don't. But I thought it would be amazing. So uh, I assume you guys want to hear Alex's. Yeah, that theories. document. Oh my God! Looks, yeah, uh, it looks intense. Yeah. It also because it's a like a a <clears throat> photograph of. An actual document. It's like a redacted government papers. Yeah. yeah, it actually just looks like totally <laughs> this top secret bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here we go. This is this is um, what fourth grade Alex uh, Alex Klein space theories. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what is past our universe, or if there are aliens somewhere out there hiding beyond our reach? I can answer these questions with my theories I have thought up. I typed them up so I wouldn't forget about them and I could use them for later use. Who knows? They might be true. I'd like to start with my theory on the dimensions so you won't have trouble with my other theories. Anyway, there are five dimensions and we live in the third dimension because we are three-dimensional and all the dimensions are like expanding balloons with galaxies and stars inside of them except for the first and second dimensions, which I'll get to later. The fourth dimension might be a parallel dimension to ours, meaning there are two Alexes doing the same thing in the same place at the same time, but just in a different dimension. Now you want to know about the first and second dimensions, right? Well, the first dimension is just a point. You'll never reach it. And the second dimension is 2D. You'll just go right through it. Now for the final dimension, the fifth one, it is there, but it isn't really there. It's something unexplainable, but the only real residents there are aliens. See next paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know about our dimensions. A long time ago, before the universe was recovering from the Big Bang, there was a universe before ours, with humans racing to get out of their dimension before the Big Bang happened. Let me explain. To cause the Big Bang, there had to be another universe before ours. These humans took off in a big star cruiser because it was probably the year 2 trillion AD. They probably took single men and women, young children, livestock, plants, and most importantly, water. They probably made it out in time and made it to the fifth dimension since there was nowhere else left to go. These humans are now called aliens. (laughs) <laughs> Let me give you some reasons why. These humans are advanced, coming from the year 2 trillion AD, just like the aliens we claim to see. Also, their heads got bigger from a low-pressure environment, and their eyes got bigger from a dark planet, and their skin got green from chemical reactions on the surface of the planet. Who knows if there really are aliens out there? This is just a theory. Maybe there are other reasons they left Earth. We might never find out if this is true. <laughs> really good that he takes it as a given that they left Earth? But, like, the specifics of the yeah. green might be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. how. Anyway. Or why. There used to be ten planets in our solar system, the extra one being between Earth and Mars. And mm-hmm. it was about the size of the moon, and it had a weird orbit getting closer to Earth every time, until one day collided with Earth, causing a chunk of it to go off in space. But since it didn't reach escape Earth velocity, seven miles per second, it got roped into orbit, and the remaining part of the planet got absorbed. Then over the years, the gravity reshaped Earth and its moon. Here's my theory about the Big Bang. There was a universe before ours that was collapsing in on itself. This was happening because our universe is like a bubble, with time being the walls. As the universe expanded, time stretched until it couldn't go anymore. It's like when you stretch a rubber band until you can't stretch it. And so the universe started to move backwards in time until it folded up and went bang, starting life all over again. Therefore, that means life repeats itself. I think that after you die, you have another life, so you just don't know about the life you had before. So you could be a world-famous inventor in your first life and be an ordinary person in your next life wishing you were rich. In the year 4000 AD, (laughs) what do you think we would have? Most people might say flying cars and super fast spaceships, and I would say correct. (laughs) 
<laughs> Here's a list of what I think we will have in the future. <clears throat> One, flying cars. Two, androids. Three, star cruisers. Four, hyperspace. Five, terraforming planets. Six, anti-gravity. Seven, super nuclear warheads. Eight, planet colonization. Nine, advanced computers. Light travel is very cool because if you travel to our nearest star besides the sun, Alpha Centauri, which would take 16 years round trip, so you are nearing Earth thinking it's aged 16 years too, but it has really aged 112 years. I hope you liked all my theories and I hope you think they're true because if they are, you'll be seeing me at NASA. <laughs> there we go. God, I have wow. a fucking galactic brain going on with that shit now. Yeah. yeah. Get that kid some more space stuff. I know. <laughs> Loves it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how his his theories have evolved. I wonder if he ever got that telescope. Yeah, right. No. I Maybe he could have learned something. Yeah, really. All right. We have an email from Derek Liu who writes, Hey, Thumbs. Hey, Derek. I haven't received genuinely bad gifts, but a friend of mine has given God, me- God, I'm sorry. I thought that was because I haven't received my Patreon postcards yet. <laughs> <laughs> but a friend of mine has given me gifts that <laughs> screamed. I know the things you are interested in, but I have no idea how to turn that into a good gift. The gifts were- Lord of the Rings movie Trivial Pursuit, and a book called Geek Chic, which reads like a guide to geek culture for people looking in from the outside. I have also never previously shown this person any particular affinity for Trivial Pursuit. Have you ever received gifts where you could tell why the person thought giving it was a good gift, but was not totally something you wanted at all? Oh, like most gifts, most gifts. I would say. Like that mm. is tr- genuinely gifts. This email, though, highlights a particular like toilet flush vortex of bad gifts which is oh licensed dork product parker brothers uh, yeah. or uh, uh games based around or milton bradley whatever games yeah. based around major mm-hmm. intellectual properties where it's like oh you want simpsons monopoly you want lord of the rings right. trivial pursuit mm-hmm, you yeah. want oh, you know what what the fuck ever sure yeah 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 any any of the, you want harry potter sorry mm-hmm. uh, yeah. just they like this and Everyone likes a board game. Like, right. ah, I'm panicked in a store. <laughs> yeah, yep. I will buy The Simpsons Clue. Mm-hmm. Also, as far as I'm aware, those make up a massive percentage of the revenue for the board game industry. Yes. Like, oh, and they yeah. take up a yeah. massive yeah. volume of unplayed, <clears throat> unopened board games in anyone's gaming closet. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, the, the most of the, I would say most of the sort of intellectual... Uh, sort of effort expended in the board game industry is on making new, like, Settlers of Catan and games like that. But, like, all mm-hmm. the actual money is in Simpsons Monopoly. Yeah. For sure. Yep. yep. Uh, my grandmother learned that I liked computer games, uh, and so she bought me Mist, the novelization. Nice. Uh, so... <laughs> I was it at least the hardcover? Because that was no, a really nicely a made one. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. No, yeah, that's okay. Didn't even get the collectible. Um, and that—that's pretty. I would say pretty representative. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. the kinds of gifts that I that I got. At a certain point, my family actually just stopped giving gifts, and that was honestly a relief to me. Uh, it was nice because there was no pressure either way. Did anyone ever find mm-hmm. out that you liked Star Wars? Then got you the Star Wars novelization? Because, oh yeah, definitely. Because that is a worthwhile read. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I I um I had I don't even know where it came from. I had this ancient copy that was actually. Dude, um, the, was it the original? Yeah. Like the original Star Wars novelization well, <laughs> that inspired a universe? <laughs> I mean, that's how it's- Was I it an ancient, dusty tome? I, well, it was fucking ancient. It was a, I think it was actually a printing from, I don't know, it must have been within a year or two of the release of Star Wars. Um, and it was a really old, like, cracked spine paperback. The art clearly predated the actual real Star Wars movie poster because none of this mm-hmm. shit looked anything like what right. Star Wars looked like. Um, and I think that book might 
maybe not the copy I had, but I think that book actually <clears throat> was published before the movie Star Wars came out. It was either or before or simultaneously. Or it might have been simultaneously. Because yeah. it includes a bunch of stuff that's not in the movie. It, yeah, it and includes the wor- all kinds the wor- of stuff. The wording is very weird. Yeah, there's all like mm-hmm. names. There are names that are different. There are characters that aren't in the movie. There's like stuff that happens in it that might have been filmed but wasn't edited into the final film. I don't know. Yeah, it's... It's a very good movie novelization from the era when a movie novelization was a complete surprise because it was either it was written by someone working off of a screenplay that it was clearly handed to them before the film was fully shot and definitely before it was edited. Well, this one was yeah. the author credit was simply George Lucas. Oh, I thought that had two authors. I thought it had. A, it did not. I mean, okay. it may have in reality, but the credit. Yeah. I mean, it was only listed as as being by George Lucas. Yeah. I remember that very vividly because as a kid, I remember thinking that was really cool. Yeah, same. But it yeah. includes all sorts of wacky shit. Um, here, this is a very good email from Emma who writes, first time writer, long time listener, it's Emma from online. When I was in elementary <laughs> school, my, my grandmother bought me a life-size doll for Christmas. She wasn't wrapped up, but stuffed very carefully into a bag. Her hair was made of yarn and dyed a dark brown, which stopped just above her shoulders. Her eyes were slightly larger than mine, but a deep chocolate color, and her mouth was stitched into a permanent, thin-lipped smile. Hindsight has informed me that she was bought solely because of our similar features. I can't remember what I named the doll, but we'll call her Dolly because I'm unoriginal. I didn't play with Dolly much because she was the size of a body pillow, and her limbs weren't sturdy enough to hold the weight of her own body without flopping over. So she lay in my bed all the time. At night when I'd go to sleep, she'd be there, staring up at the ceiling. I never really slept with stuffed animals as a child, so Dolly was kind of special. I think that was because she was too long to be stuffed into my closet, so I utilized her as a pillow. (coughs) Kids are adventurous when they're young. I did a bunch of weird shit as a child, but I think the strangest thing I did was deciding to kiss Dolly. Instead of making my Barbies kiss each other, which I also did often, I decided to practice kissing on my giant life-size doll. I don't know what I expected or what I thought would gain from this. I remember turning to her one night when I couldn't sleep and rolling her over to face me. Then I did what adults do in movies and closed my eyes, smashed my face into hers, and then pulled away. I think I did this for a few nights. Then I got bored and asked my mom to have her donated to the Goodwill. (laughs) (laughs) Did this prepare me for the actual real-life kiss I shared with a boy when I turned 15? Every partner I've smooched has told me I'm a good kisser, so I guess I have my grandmother to thank. Wait. (laughs) That's a fantastic email. That is really, really good. That's really excellent. The, The relationship kids have with adult or even adolescent behavior is mm-hmm. so um it's very special it's very i mean like <laughs> you don't know anything you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. you think you, you think yeah. you know so much more than you do you simultaneously realize you don't know any you don't know anything at all this is my memory of it anyway i remember knowing there was lots of stuff i don't i didn't know but then when i decided i did understand something even if it was based on no real information i was then convinced that I knew that. Oh, it's one like it's like thing. our theories guy. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like exactly. you know, oh, uh, clearly the universe is a rubber band because I just right. decided. Like, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then once you do, you're like, oh <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Oh, it's mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely this thing. Like, this yep. is definitely like what kissing's all about. I'm awesome at this. Very good email. Thank you, Emma. We have another email. We have so many emails. This is an email episode. It is an email episode. That's the whole point. <laughs> Billy writes. At one point, I reached the age that requesting gift cards from family members became uh, a suitable request as they warranted the least amount of thought among gifts. I knew I wanted to strategically pool smaller gifts from my extended family to form a mega gift, so I decided to standardize on EB Games gift cards. 
as I informed my family members through the fall, I, I reached the final aunt to whom I said, I'm collecting EB Games gift cards for Christmas. She took this to heart. I received 12 EB Games gift cards from my aunt, each adorned with a different graphic yes. for either the store or a major game release. This is exactly where I hoped this was going when he said, I collect EB Games <laughs> gift cards. I figured each card would have a small dollar value. Uh, but when I went to use them, I was informed by a store employee that they were blank cards that were inactive <laughs> as, those, as those displayed on the counter. I believe my aunt stole a dozen blank gift cards from my collection. I felt bad for the misunderstanding and kept the cards for several months. Regards, Billy Arundel, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> oh! That is a, that is a true hoist. So great! It's so yeah. hoist. It's so hoisted. Oh, yeah, that's really good. You want to take a break for a sec? Sure, we should. This episode of Important of True is brought to you by Quip. Give yourself the gift of a very usable, convenient electric toothbrush. If you go to tryquip.com/thumbs, you will get ten dollars off your first brush head. Refill. Every three months, you're going to get a new brush head and battery you can use to replace those busted three-month-old bristles on your Quip electric toothbrush. And it's like receiving a new tiny little gift uh, once a season. I always get excited when I see the shipping notification for uh, for my new Quip brush head because I know I am going to get that fresh, fresh like feeling. My bristles! They're going to be so good. And uh, if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you'll get $10 off your first brush head refill, which really means a free brush head refill because they uh, start at $5. And I think they max out at $10, so taken care of. So there you go. There you go. Uh, it's just a good, solid, convenient, compact electric toothbrush. It's easy to take with you, visiting family for the holidays, um, or it comes with a little uh, case you can sort of stick on a tile or glass surface. Um and uh, doesn't leave a, an adhesive mark. There's a little bit of convenience for you there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Get a, try, a, try a Quip subscription for yourself or for a loved one. Do I, you call that a subscription? A subscription. Because you're an adorable baby, a subscription? <laughs> I mean, you could. You could. You could get your adorable baby a subscription. A little subscription. <laughs> At tryquip.com slash thumbs. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I'm uh, just a little kid sitting behind you. I know. I know you are. That's how I think of and you. And I'm sure. sitting behind you. No! Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you're actually sitting behind yourself uh, right that's now true. in the studio. Oh, you are also sitting behind me. That's true. That's that, Yeah, that's what I was referring to, the, the little. It's the whittle me. Yeah, yeah the yeah. little, little, just a little nick back there. That's okay. If little Nick barfed, I wouldn't really notice because it's tiny and only exists in virtual reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're back. Hey, oh, hello, hi. I, f- I feel welcome. We're in the home stretch here. We don't have a lot of email left. <gasps> um, but we do have one from Daniel, <laughs> and Daniel—that's that ad cadence. It is that ad cadence. Yeah, right? yeah. Daniel writes: When I was a kid, it was a common request. Oh, this is that. Okay, this is a good one. This is a um. This is a, a, a counterpoint. Well, I guess I was going to say a counterpoint to bad gifts, but some of our gifts that we've discussed haven't really been bad. They've just no. been unique. But this is a, this is a good, good one that contains, I think, a heartwarming lesson that was learned uh, 
by this by this reader in his childhood. So Daniel writes, when I was a kid, it was a common request from my parents and relatives that we create Christmas lists. I'm sure many people have a similar experience. For me, it lasted about three years before I started to feel the seeds of resentment towards capitalism and I stopped producing them. But then, before that, one year, I was struggling to get Warcraft 2 running on my then-new Windows XP machine. My brother wisely suggested I should try to get the next game in the series, so I added it to my Christmas list. I very gratefully received Warcraft 3 and its expansion for Christmas and went on to spend literally thousands of hours playing it over the next 10 years. I just opened it up a few hours ago, actually. Anyway, one of my aunts was kept out of the loop the following year and was given the previous year's completely irrelevant list. She (laughs) gave me the Warcraft 3 battle chest, intact in all its glory, and when I opened it, I experienced a moment of crippling anxiety and guilt. I briefly froze and my brain had to reprocess. Is this really happening? Don't I have this game? Haven't I spent hundreds of hours playing this already? (laughs) And then I emerged from that haze and had to pretend outwardly that I was as happy as I was the first time I received this fantastic gift. Her son, my cousin, is a sweet guy, and a few hours later, I gave it to him and said, your mom gave this to me, but I already have it. Just don't say anything, okay? It felt really good. I was still young enough that I had never worked a job with enough money to buy loads of gifts for people, so it was kind of new territory for me. Plus, I already knew it was a great game, so my cousin Mark and I went on to have plenty of conversations about the Warcraft campaign in the next year. So, Thumbs, that is my story of a good gift gone bad, gone good. Daniel, in all seriousness, happy holidays, Thumbs. Thanks for the pods. Thanks, Daniel. Also, thanks for that copy of Warcraft 3 that you gave me back when we were kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I'm not related to this guy at all. I know. I know you're not. I also didn't play much Warcraft 3. It didn't really land for me. (laughs) Me too. Actually, I think I I played a ton of Warcraft 1 and 2. Not a lot of Warcraft 3. I think I was given Warcraft 3 as a gift, actually, and just Mm. totally bounced off of it. Yeah, by the by, your cousin Daniel. But I didn't which is like. Really rude. I didn't unselfishly turn it into a nice. No, uh, you just went. This, I'll just sit on. I'll just sit on my treasure <laughs> pile of this game that I don't like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That'll show him. That'll show that no one was. Shown. It showed no one was shown anything. No one was shown. I like the idea that you could. There would be someone in your family who's like repeatedly giving given the same like canonical list of presents mm, right like mm-hmm. that would be an amazing sort of um level up to the sort of like oh we thought you loved meerkats or we thought you loved hawaiian shirts so we got you those <laughs> every year but if you were basically trapped in a groundhog day like an annual where your same day christmas like, list somehow got published to your yeah, like relatives and yeah, friends no matter your family you, friends no matter what you write right yeah yeah that would that would explain this guy. He must like, have broken his Warcraft three CD again. So I guess he wants it now again. <laughs> well, you just it would almost it would <laughs> right. Start, I mean, like that's like what that's what you think. It's like the I mean, auto receives. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would copy. It would start influencing your behavior, and you'd probably start doing that. You'd probably that's start true. like sabotaging your own life in a way that would somehow yeah. retroactively justify you're, you're or start explain. To feel too bad. Or, yeah. Or or you would just be like there must be a reason that people keep getting me this stuff. Like I need to like rearrange like I can't stop that. I can't change what they're doing. <laughs> or you're like, Nothing I do stops it. So I need right. to change my own They've not made elf behavior. socks. They've not made elf socks in like 8 years. <laughs> how am I, getting, yeah, how am I still getting they these? new elf socks. Yeah. <laughs> that explains why this guy like started to feel the seeds of resentment towards capitalism and he stopped making Christmas lists. He's like, what can I right. do? I, this system, this, it must be the system. It's capitalism. It's, oh, if I stop making lists, maybe it'll stop happening, but it didn't. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a many years long gaslighting or not. Yeah. Maybe you're trapped in some kind of like genie. It's like, Oh, you literally wished for these things. Like mm-hmm. you wished for these. Be careful what you wish for. Cause you're going to get them forever. You're get them forever. Alf socks. Alf socks, 10 pounds of food. And Warcraft, and Warcraft 2. 3. Oh, 3. 
Um, all right. We have an email from Mary who writes responding to my frustrations shared, I think, by by Jake and, and maybe by Nick. I don't remember uh, about being able to find gift cards that aren't total pieces of shit. You like, greeting, cards, like greeting you cards. Like greeting cards. Greeting yeah. cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mary, Mary writes. Yeah. I, uh, we've got an aunt uh, who's got a hookup on like a Master Chief <laughs> gift card, and, like a Crash Bandicoot yeah. gift card. Uh-huh, yep. She's got, she's got, guys, she's got a whole- And they are blank, Chris. And they're definitely blank. <laughs> but we're talking about greeting cards now. Yeah, blank greeting cards. So Mary writes, hi guys, big fan over here. I'm listening to your discussion about the difficulty of finding cheap blank gift cards. Well, you can get some of the most beautiful hand-painted, hand-drawn cards at Trader Joe's for $1. I promise you some of the nicest cards for just a dollar. No shit. Small batches of cards by artists, many blank. I love your show. I love the Twin Peaks podcast. With Important If True, I feel like I'm sitting with friends at the dinner table enjoying a fun conversation. It is so entertaining to me, to me, to me. It was hard to work that into this email. Be well. Thanks again, Mary. Mary, I'm sorry that at this dinner table, Chris talked about when a kid barfed down the back of his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I always like to bring a little bit of holiday cheer to the, the dinner table. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to... Um, in this case, the holiday cheer was transferred directly to you from the mouth of a child. Uh-huh. I just, I was <laughs> covered in holiday cheer. Just <laughs> slathered in holiday cheer. And I passed it on to all of you. That Trader Joe's advice is good. It is good. We actually yeah, no, got, it's great. Um, yeah, the, we got, uh, I think, some Twitter heads up about that, too. So this advice is corroborated by um, oh, multiple it, sources. It's been corroborated on nice. Twitter. Therefore, you know that it is it's factual. Th- therefore, how could it not be true? Yeah. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> we're going to wrap up. I think this is the last one. We're going to wrap up this episode with... Uh, an email from Nels, who, if you recall, started off this entire bad gift trend by writing in about uh, the... The Hawaiian shirt collection. Yeah, his mm-hmm. endless annual reception of ha- Hawaiian shirts given to him for reasons I don't remember That's anymore. true. He probably resents that I called it his Hawaiian shirt collection because that perpetuates the, the idea that he the, might that want he Hawaiian shirts. He is, in fact, a collector of Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yeah. Right. To be a He's a receiver of, of Hawaiian yes, shirts. Exactly. <laughs> to be a collector, I think, requires some level of intentionality. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, but this is, another, this is another email from Nels who writes... As my undesired hibiscus-covered garments at least partially inspired this call, I couldn't help but offer up another. My wife and I had just returned from our week-long honeymoon, and we started opening the presents we received at our wedding reception. We opened one bag to find two items inside. One, a pyramid salt lamp. I don't even know what that is. One, a pyramid salt lamp. And two, a small prescription bottle of levofloxacin with the gift giver's (laughs) name on it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I googled levofloxacin and discovered it is used for treating pneumonia. We wondered what the hell we should do, but we'd already been gone for over a week, and the gift giver lived over the border in the United States, where in Canada, so we couldn't ship back an opened bottle of prescription medicine. The gift giver didn't die or end up hospitalized in the intervening week, so I guess the meds weren't that important, or she just had more. What we assumed happened is the gift giver put the bottle in the bag to bring it into the reception and then just forgot about it when putting the bag on the gift table. At least I hope that's what happened. Remain peppery, Nels. P.S. The intended gift, (laughs) the pyramid salt lamp, was terrible. We gave it away on Craigslist for free. I licked it and it was bad. (laughs) Wow. I hope this person doesn't listen to this podcast. Pyramid salt yeah, lamp? Yeah, pyramid oh, salt Oh, that auto completes. That's a real thing. Really? What is it? I don't know. You tell me. You're the one looking at the internet. Ah! ah it's a lamp made of a big block of salt. Oh, gross. Ugh. And you lick it? No, I don't think you're supposed to lick it. 
Well, well I did, think if you lick it enough, you might get you might get pneumonia if you lick it enough, and that's yeah. Also, uh, awesome. what if you have an animal that lives in the house with you that just goes crazy about your salt lamp? Oh, what? God. Okay, yeah. what is the point of making a lamp out of salt if you're not supposed to lick it? It's just the look of the <laughs> of the. It's a mineral, Chris. It's like a it's like a it's it's like a it's like a quartz thing or something, but it's a salt one. Yeah, but it's not quartz. But I bet it's cheaper because it's fucking salt. Yeah. But also look at it. It's beautiful. It's not. Hand I mean, carved. it's it's it, it would adorn like any uh, like the cabin member of a Klingon uh, <laughs> ship oh, wow, in Star Trek. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it totally this is, is definitely yeah. what. These are from the fifth dimension. Humans used to decorate uh, everything with salt, uh, with pyramids, yes. all this. It connects back to, as we know, ancient Egyptians, pyramids, uh, right. as connections that to aliens. That inspired the pyramids, This is sort of, of the course. loop, the rubber band, yeah. if you will. Exactly. Um, if you imagine the universe. And like someone was trying band. to tell Nell something really important <laughs> by sending him this pyramid salt lamp and some just and medicine. this like compound, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this medical compound. Just telling him that he's about to take a weird rubber banded journey through dimensions and he needs to medicate himself. Uh, but then he looked at the salt lamp <laughs> and found it gross. It. He did not pass the test. No, he did not he pass the test. He was not one of the chosen ones to nope. enter the fifth dimension. Uh-uh. Nice one, Nels. Yeah. Good move. Yeah, uh, uh, he was punished by being sent infinite Hawaiian shirts yeah. uh, through the fourth <laughs> dimension. The time, right, the time loop, <laughs> which returned back to his childhood. Yes, cursing him. Yes, exactly right. It's too bad that that's what happened to Nels. Yeah, that's hey, he he deserved it. Actually, it's true as we've he, decided. He did. We've we've figured it out. Um, all right, I think that wraps it up for our bad gift special. Our first of what may turn out to be our own holiday tradition. The annual bad gift special. If I you, hope it does. I hope it does too. I like it. We have to do fifty-one more of these before we get back to this one, though. It that's, is really that's intense. So wow. long. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you have a bad gift experience, or, or I mean, it doesn't have to be a bad gift experience, but anything that would fit within what I would say is a fairly broad remit established by the contents of this episode, you can send that to questions at importantoftrue.com with the subject line "bad gift" to help us keep this stuff sorted. And uh, maybe a year from now, you will hear that experience read aloud on this very podcast. If you have any other um, uh, questions you need us to solve a problem for you, give you any advice, whatever else, uh, to be read on a normal episode of Important If True, go ahead and send that in as well to questions at importantoftrue.com. Yeah. Um, any life stories that have created a horrible conundrum for you. Exactly. Um, we will be back next week or the following week with another episode of Important If True. Um, I am, as you listen to this, I am out of town, um, on a holiday, uh, travel. So it remains to be seen how many episodes we will have to fill those gaps, but we're hoping to, to, to have at least one, um, stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening to this podcast. As always, our website is important and there you can find links to all of the, uh, sort of internet places we can be found, um, and that's, I guess, it. That's a, that, that. This is the last episode of 2017, our first year of this podcast existence. We've yeah. been around for a lot of this year, too, because this is like the yeah, 44th so like episode or something. Yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. Early, early 40s. Yeah. So not bad. Yeah. Hopefully, we've, we've helped you. Um, well, understand the universe around you more deeply. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I have definitely found this to be a um, strangely therapeutic podcast to do in a year where I think we could agree we've had some need for you can just sort therapy. Of any anxieties you might have, uh, you can just sort of wring them out 
to their most ridiculous possible Yeah, just extent. sort of just yeah. unleash them from within yourself onto the back of an unsuspecting yeah. person. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And at least you'll feel better. You'll feel better. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. they'll just have to go on with their sad, shitty life yeah. in, the, in, the, they'll in just this current have, times. They'll just have barf all over their They'll have self. to shamefully walk to the bathroom and clean off their jacket. Yep. On that note, thanks for sharing this <laughs> Although, actually, hold on. Hopefully us. they oh. do that and then talk about it on a better podcast. That's true. Maybe oh, we could yeah. make sort of a reverse Ponzi scheme. Of of increasingly better podcasts in which all of the, in, in which we pay forward terrible experiences that can snowball into increasingly outrageous and yet somehow illuminating experiences to be shared uh, with the world in audio form. Probably not though. No. Uh, thanks for listening no. to Important If True for Idle Thumbs. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Reckon. and I'm Jake Rodkin. We'll be back in 2018. Until then, stay spicy. spicy has lasted way longer than it has any business <laughs> it really has what are you gonna do about it i'm not nothing because you yep, say you say exactly. the last word every episode uh-huh. and it's always spicy that's right <laughs>